five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Ice Cream, the co-branding flavor of the month. And this is a little nutty, I think. But what what cracked me up was um, this famous ice cream location is going to be offering it in honor of National Macaroni and Cheese Day. And uh, somebody else says, these are PR or ad agencies looking for cheap wins. <laughs> you might not be able to do guerrilla stunts in Times Square, but you might get a blogger to write about or an influencer to share a picture on Instagram. So if you want cheap wins, send me information and I'll talk about it. <laughs> this is the place for cheap wins right here. And in the same line extension theme, because we're talking about brand extension, Branston Pickle has soured on Richard Branson in an acidic tweet. Brand <laughs> so uh, so there, in, in the UK, there's a pickle company that's named Branston Pickle, and they're famous for the iconic tagline, bring out the Branston as an indispensable partner to any cheese sandwich worth worth its crust. Okay, what a iconic brand. Anyway, so they said, for years now, every time a certain ginger billionaire, that means red-haired if you're not from UK, ginger billionaire does something bonkers, we, an innocent pickle, bear the brunt of the abuse online. We are Branston, not Branson. There's been the private island, the government bailouts, and don't even get us started on the naked windsurfing. <laughs> and now he's off to space. We don't want to go to space. We want to stay here on Earth where the sandwiches are. <laughs> well, anyway, so enough of that. Suck it up, lemonade stand, Mighty. There's a new, there's a new game called Mighty that lets your kids make... Uh, Items, design bracelets or hats or other things like that. And they can design the, the items, sell the items. And um, there's apparently even some of them, some of the kids are, are actually building their own real companies. Would a Shark Tank where both the judges and the contestants be kids be any good? Yeah, you take the guys, the kids who made millions on this, on going... Uh, building a brand, you know, under under 12 years old or something, and they have money to invest, and they can invest in the other kids' startups. Okay, that's my take for the day. John Lewis, the landlord, welcome to Brand Extension Nirvana. Nirvana. Okay, John Lewis. I don't know that much about John Lewis, but they do. Uh, they do elaborate Christmas. Um, elaborate Christmas ads over in the UK. And apparently now they're branching out into the landlord business. They're going to be taking land that they own that was that was um, designated as, uh, as retail expansion, and they're going to be taking that and making apartment buildings into it. I got something wrong with my finger here. It's driving me nuts. And they're going to become landlords now. And they, I believe they're in the furniture business as one of the things. This is a big department store. And they're, they're in the furniture business, or that's one of their components. 
And they even claim, they've claimed in the past that if your house is well furnished with John Lewis stuff, that you will not have the same kind of dickering that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of other home sellers have. So Mark Ritson, who I always have to, you know, I have to talk about because he's so smart, says this is a great idea. Okay, the uh, John Lewis Company, it's a company, not a person. As a business driven by social purpose, we have big ambitions for moving into property rental. And I remember out in San Jose, California, you know, Silicon Valley, I was meeting with Facebook, um, no, Yahoo. I was meeting with Yahoo about a business venture, and um, they were very gracious, and um, but we we stayed uh, at a at a place that had like a like a, almost like a small town concept where there were relatively high rise, four or five stories maybe, not not super high uh, <clears throat> apartment buildings, and below that was all retail. And so the the little area had like a built-in a built-in population to go with the retail stores down below. And I thought it was a very excellent idea. And I've seen them now around Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, now I, there's a there's a new one. I just I just went to um, I just went to lunch over there in Milwaukee. And so it's kind of a concept of integrate and it it really looks it looks a lot like the old um you know little city center inside of a more metropolitan area you know so like brooklyn or something you think the downstairs first floor even in the older buildings the first floors were retail space along the sidewalk and then up above was an apartment and so it's not a new concept but i think it makes a lot of sense so the struggling retail company, which has a, has a loss this past year for the first time in its history, will build 10,000 homes in the coming years on locations within the retailer's existing land bank. And again, I encourage you to go to WDMA.org and subscribe. We're not going to be able to cover this whole article in depth, okay? But it is worth a read if you have a brand that's well-recognized, okay? Line extension, John, or... Uh, Mark Ritson explains why line extension makes sense, and he gives you the sweet spot. You don't want it to be too close, too similar. Uh, so there's the famous story, which he doesn't include, of of Dockers. Levi's created Dockers, and the Levi's were very, very small, as a new category. Everybody knows Levi's. Everybody knows Dockers. Okay? It was... It was a line extension, but not a brand extension. It was a new name. On the other hand, Lee Jeans decided to make khakis. And they're not very famous. <laughs> Nobody thinks of Lee Jeans as a khaki company. Okay? So that one kind of bombed. They tried to extend their brand. Levi's tried to build a new brand. Okay? And it's so it's tricky. Sometimes you can pull it off, sometimes you can't. Richard Branson tried to make cola, which is mentioned in the article. Branson Cola did not fly. Rockets don't really fly either. Rockets propel. Okay, so anyway, uh, so there's a lot of, and, and when you do this, uh, Mark said, 
he was working with an American do-it-yourself brand, don't know which one, and the marketers of the company wanted to leverage their enormous following among the trades with a line of industrial clothing. Okay, I suppose it makes sense. I have some Milwaukee Electric Tool shirts. I don't think they were actually, I think they were just like ad specialties, but I have a whole bunch of them. And they're real nice. Anyway, kind of like this, but this doesn't happen to be one. Um, it looked far enough from the brand's core to make it safe, but still looked tasty in terms of sales and gross margin. But the CEO intervened because he saw the move as risky. And sure enough, and so then they tried something that was just a little bit related, kind of like the Lee and the Lee story, where it was another kind of pant, but it didn't fly. And actually, there was some brand blow blowback. So Ritson says it's better to go long. It's better to go something completely different. And he raises the illustration of Ferrari now selling men's cologne. Why is it called men's perfume? Because it basically is. Anyway, Ferrari sells men's cologne. And I think I also have some polo uh, cologne still up in my shelf. I don't use cologne very much because, you know, you can't smell my beautiful aroma through the, through the video camera. Anyway, <laughs> he says that, that the, the main point of brands is that they have – they strike an attractive chord with target customers. Now, he has some cautions, right? He says, the great part about this gambit is that there is no, there is no name me a famous trusted property rental company. Can you name a famous trusted property rental company? No, me either, right? And I think this might be an excellent move for someone in the U.S., you know, it would have been, I think, a great move for Sears, uh, who had a lot of lot of real estate, and mostly they've sold it off, I believe. Um, but they could have put up more apartments in their shopping mall vicinity and created more of a community rather than just a standalone, you know, drive-to destination with no foot traffic. Interesting idea. Okay. Anyway, so the advantage here is that there's no big competitor in the housing market. There just isn't a big competitor in the housing market, even in the United States. You know, I can't, I can't probably name you one. Um, and so there's almost no chance of hurting the core market or the core brand. And Ritson goes on further. He, he says, not only does Ferrari you know, he says, I can't imagine anybody who just bought a, a couple of hundred thousand dollar supercar saying, oh, I can't, I don't like my Ferrari anymore because of that cologne that they came out with. Anyway, but, but the really important part, yeah, here's that, here's that, here's where Ritson says that right there. People, of course, are not that stupid. They know an inability to make a decent fragrance has nothing to do with Ferrari's total capability to build supercars, right? It says many of us shave with Gillette shave cream, even though it has, you know, making shaving cream and making razor blades hasn't got much together. Nivea didn't never knew anything about making suntan lotion, but they got into it. And apparently Chubb collects garbage. 
uh, I don't even know what that was. The biggest advantage of brand extension is its ability to create eternal life to a few lucky adventurous brands. And a great example in your in your house is Arm & Hammer. You know, they went from a baking-only product, baking soda, to a toothpaste, to a, to a deodorant for your refrigerator. They actually started finding out what people used it for. And, uh, and now they make a, a regular toothbrush, a toothpaste in a tube. They make underarm deodorant because their brand is famous for taking away orders in refrigerators and other areas. So it's now made the brand into something completely different. It has an image of cleanliness and, uh, and, and odor absorption. There you go. Apple would have disappeared around 1980 when the fad for self-made circuit boards ended. Nokia would have gone out of business when timber exports from Finland became uncompetitive. Right? They were a lumber company. So you can do this sometimes. I mean, they, they make a big deal in business courses about how um, the railroad companies, B&O, Reading Railroad, you know, from the Monopoly game, uh, you know those brands. You still do, right? Anyway, I can only think of two of the four, though. Anyway, so um, they, they say that they should have they should have considered themselves a transportation industry, but uh, be that as it may, you know what really hurt the, the 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 railroads was John D. Rockefeller building pipelines for the crude oil instead of putting it in barrels and and barreling it around on railroads. That was the killer. Interesting stories. Um, the History Channel has some of those stories laid out. Okay, Virgin would have disappeared along with the rest for the record business. Okay, so the biggest advantage is that brand equity is not <clears throat> price premium or intangible asset value. It's the creation of a magical portal that enables a brand to teleport to other places, thus avoiding imminent extinction as their original home planet ticks down to impl implosion. And you need to embrace good scary, but the problem isn't consumers welcoming Ferrari Cologne, right? That's not your problem. The problem is the the draw on funds. I was in a company and we designed, it was an ad specialty, and we designed our own clothing wear. I tried to get them to, to just import a, a container load of calculators because calculators were constant. And I don't see one around now. The smartphone has kind of taken over the calculators. But for probably 30 or 40 years, you know, after the original development, it, it stayed level. By the 80s, it was, you know, when I was in high school in the 60s and 70s, as late or the early 70s, calculators were just becoming usable at school. My kids had to have them uh, when they went to school. But um, they were still, like, considered illegal, and we, we had to use slide rules, believe it or not. But... Um, but by the by the mid 80s they had pretty much stayed where they were and it wasn't until really the smartphone which was you know what around 2010 really started getting going that so they had a run of 30 years of just small pop, pocket calculators but the but the CEO kiboshed that anyway here's the the punchline on the story <clears throat> admire ferrari 
they don't make their cologne. They don't make the downhill skis or the toys or the cameras. Everything is made under license, ensuring that Ferrari can avoid the internal distractions of extensions while reaping all of its outrageous fiscal advantages. So after today's show, I'm going to contact a build, a design, build, manage real estate company, and I'm going to mention this article, and I'm going to say you should brand, you should work with a JCPenney or some other distressed retailer that has a lot of land, and you should do this. And you could build it, you could design it, you could build it, you could manage it, and just put the brand on it. And they're doing a lot with Amazon, so they I mean they're legit. Anyway, Ferrari will generate a quarter of its sizable revenues from products other than cars this year. But the best part is cars require a lot of work to build, whereas the licensing fees are 100% gross margin. So they'll probably make more profit, unless they're making 25% on a car, which I doubt. They'll probably make more profit on the licensing than they will on the cars. And that's the way it goes. So John Lewis, the department store, now realizes that staying put exclusively in retailing is probably more risky than pressing the red button of diversification and jumping through the magical, dangerous, the magical, dangerous, critical teleportation door that just opened in front of them. Isn't that an interesting article? I always loved John, uh, Mark Ritson. Man, he makes me think, and I hope it made you think. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.